Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to probably, I say probably because there's one more sort of sermon lingering in there that I may do, but I may not. But I'm probably going to finish today the sermon series on the armor of God. How many of y'all have enjoyed the sermon series on the armor of God? How many it's helped you? Good. The armor of God. We have went through the belt of... Let's see if you learned anything. We have went through the belt of... And then after that, we put on the... (laughs) After that, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. And then having put on, having put on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having put on the shoes or the boots or whatever your version says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then... We put on the, no, we didn't. We put on the shield of faith. And then we put on the helmet of salvation. That was last week, all right? And so um, the shield of faith, the, the helmet of salvation, and then this week we're going to take up. We have put on the belt. We put on the shield, or excuse me, we put on the breastplate. We put on the, um, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The boots. And then we took up the shield of faith, we took up the helmet of salvation, and today we're going to take up the sword of the spirit. Now this sword, um, this is a replica of a Roman, I forgot what they call it, some kind of swordy thing. What? A dagger, sword, uh, weapon. Okay, so uh, what did you say? Gladius. Gladius? Is that what it's called? I thought Gladius was a character in a movie, but anyway. Gladius. So this is a Roman... This is a replica of a Roman gladius, and um, I've got one of those big English swords, and, and you know, I like, to, I like to preach with it from time to time, but somebody in the church heard me say, and they said, I got one of these, so I'm going to honor them and use that. And this thing is, uh, it would hurt you. It's not, a, it's not plastic. The handle is plastic, but this is, thing is real. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, okay? So this is the only element of the attire that is a weapon. The rest of it is defensive and preparatory. You know, I'm preparing my feet. I'm preparing my helmet. I'm behind a shield. I'm behind a breastplate. I'm I'm preparing uh, truth upon my waist with the belt, right? But this is a weapon. And so today we're going to take up our weapon. And I'm going to talk to you about the weapon, but let's, let's start back all the way with verse 10 and just kind of go over this passage of scripture to, to end the whole thing here. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say, in the Lord. God does not have an expectation that all, that you have to just kind of like suck it up, buttercup, and just walk through everything in your own strength. How many of y'all have tried that? How many didn't, didn't, get, get, didn't get very far? Our own strength will fail us. But the strength of the Lord can carry us through anything. And there's a huge difference. When our own strength fails us, we must find ourselves strengthening ourselves in the strength of the Lord. Paul preaches the same type of idea when he talks about the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You can find different ways to comfort yourself, but but we we are comforted by the comfort that the Holy Spirit brings. And the only way we can comfort anybody else is not with our own comfort, but the Holy Spirit's comfort in us that we comfort other people with. That makes sense. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So I want to say this on two sides to balance out the scales. A, is it true you're not strong enough? Absolutely. Is it true that you don't have to be strong enough? Absolutely. But being not strong enough is not an excuse to lose the battle. When you're being overcome, 
You don't just respond with, I'm not strong enough. That's not what Paul's saying here. What Paul's saying is, yeah, you're not strong enough. That's why you have to tap into a strength greater than your own. Strengthen yourself in the strength of the Lord is, what, is the way it reads here. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power. The power. This is a trifecta of, of the, the three power words in Greek. Okay, he starts off with chapter 1 in Ephesians, and he, he has this trifecta dunamis. I forgot the other two. You can go back and listen to it. But there's, there's, there's trifecta of three power words, and he ends all of Ephesians with, with this, with this uh, uh, command to be strong in the, in the strength of the Lord and the power of his might. Strength, power, might. Does that make sense? So he bookends the whole book of Ephesians with a strength that's not our own. How many of y'all right now just lift your hands and say, I need some strength that's not my own? In the name of Jesus, we pray the power and the strength and the might of the Almighty One will just come upon you. That a spirit again of oppression would be broken off of you, and the strength and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the joy and the strength that is not your own would energize your body, soul, and spirit right now in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength and the power of his might. Verse 11 says this. Put on all the full. In other words, it's not enough just to have the truth. Not enough to have truth and righteousness. Not enough to have salvation without truth. Well, that's jacked up. There's a whole world out there in a false gospel preaching salvation without, without truth. You see what I'm saying? So you have to have truth and you have to have it balanced with faith and you have to have all of it, especially the spirit and the word. That makes sense? So Paul's command is that you put it all on. So that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes or the wiles of the devil. That word stand firm, again, I want to show you, is, is not a, um, a weak posture. But that stand firm is you have taken ground and you're standing that ground and you refuse to yield any ground to the enemy that's attacking you. You won't back up. Standing may not, be, may not look like an active posture, but it's very much a, a position of strength where I'm not giving up any ground to the enemy. Too many of us have given up ground. And I'm telling you, the whole point of this sermon is that you would be equipped with the armor of God to go take back ground that you've given up and to advance and take ground you haven't yet conquered. For the name of Christ. Amen. And so we're standing this ground and we refuse to back down. And what we happens is, is when the enemy comes against us, we push forward and then we take, we take, we're taking ground. But every time we take ground, we got to stand our ground. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, that's not a, 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 it's not a defensive posture. It's a posture of authority. Standing your ground. Does that make sense? So put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. I want you to take inventory of your life from time to time and think, man, if hell's knocking me back, okay, I want you to think, what, 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 what am I lacking in the armor? Have I, have, I, have I believed a lie that's caused me not to have truth? Am I standing behind faith or am I declaring things that the enemies say, say that I'm just declaring what the arrow shot at me? That makes sense? Am I, am I, do I have my heart covered in righteousness or am I in a moment of offense? Anytime the enemy's coming against you, take inventory of your armor and find out where you're exposed. Well, man, I'm, I've got truth. I've got all this stuff. Well, then maybe it's time to take up your sword and speak what God has said. Come on, say that. Okay? So, so put on the full armor of God. Verse 12 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Everybody say, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. There's some scriptures you're going to need to say and kind of get in your spirit and you kind of got it settled. There's other scriptures you're going to have to remind yourself for the rest of your life. This is one of those. That your fight 
is not against a physical person. That person may be the one whom the lies are coming out of their mouth, but if they're just a puppet in the hands of a spirit. Your fight is spiritual. Your war is spiritual. Stop attacking. This is why you can attack a person all day long and never get victory. Does that make sense? This is why you can attack a person all day long but never overcome because you're not actually attacking the spirit that's doing the attacking. So if you want to win a battle, you've got to go after the spirit behind whatever a person's doing. Amen? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. We have a spiritual battle, and we must fight spiritual forces in the spiritual realm and not just focus. Get your, get your eyes higher, amen, and stop focusing on the lesser things like a person. Verse 13 says this. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Anytime the scriptures says something twice, it's really trying to emphasize something. So with a matter of three verses, we have it spoken twice. The full armor. This is important. It's not enough just to say, well, I put on my shoes today. Right? The full armor is important. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. Raise your hand if you think possibly maybe we live in some days that have evil attached to it. Raise your hand if you think it's going to get much, much better. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Right? Evil will increase. The scripture says evil will increase. All right? This is why it's more important than ever for you to be spiritually uh, armored up. Amen? More important than ever to be armored up. Uh, you be able to resist the evil in the evil day, having done everything you know to do. When I hear this all the time, I don't know what else to do. Stand your ground. Don't back down. I'm not going to make you sing, Tom Petty. Stand your ground. Stand your ground and don't back down. I don't know what else to do. I've tried everything. That's great. Just just don't back down, okay? Don't give up. Everybody say perseverance. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Verse 14 says this. Verse 14. Stand firm, therefore, having, having, everybody say having. This is important because the first three things are things we already have in place. And the next three things are things we take up on a daily basis. Make sense? If you're, if you're still trying, look at me. If you're still trying to figure out what truth is, you're behind the, you're behind the eight ball. Does that make sense? You're behind. Truth is what needs to be the foundation. That's why it's the first thing mentioned. So having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, covered our, our, our hearts, our internal organs with the righteousness of Christ Jesus, right? And then verse 15 and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Those are what we have in place. Those are what need to be in place all the time, every day. Uh, Do not be unprepared with the gospel. Be prepared at all times with the gospel of peace. Y'all out there this morning? Okay. Verse 16. In addition to all, in addition to all those things, Take up the shield of faith. Grab your helmet of salvation. Okay? We talked about salvation last week. We talked about that that is the mindset of the believer, that wherever they go, whatever situation they enter into, they are taking God's salvation into that situation. That makes sense? All right? So, having... Uh, taking up the shield of faith with you, which will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I want to briefly remind you what I said about that. There is no other antidote for stopping the onslaught of hell's attack against you. The thoughts, the feelings that are coming against you, 
that are bombarding your mind, bombarding your soul, bombarding your heart. Whenever you feel like you're being overran with the arrows, the, the, the only antidote the scripture gives is to have a statement of faith and put yourself behind it. Is to believe what God said, declare what God said, and to shield yourself with what God has said versus what the enemy is saying. It is so easy to say what the enemy says. If you don't know what the enemy says, turn on your television. Just repeat what they're saying. Amen? If you don't know what the enemy's saying, just, just verbalize what you think and how you feel. But if you want to know what God's saying, you've got to get into the scripture. You've got to remember what the word says. You've got to declare what he has said, even if it, it, and often it is the exact opposite of how you feel and what you think. And you've got to declare what God has said, and then you have to stand behind that thing as if it will save your life. Because it will. My, my marriage is falling apart, but God has said what, what God has joined together, let no man tear apart. That makes sense? You've got to get into whatever God has said, and you've got to stand behind that. They said, I'm going to die of cancer. But what has God said? I have sent forth my word to heal all of your diseases. Are y'all out there? We're still, we're still believing that stuff right around here, right? I'm, you're making me nervous. We still believe in what God has said around here, don't we? You're going to fail. You're going to do. You're not going to make it. You're, this is. This is not going to. This and this. I mean, what has God said? And then you stand behind that, and that's the thing that when the enemy shoots at you, it bumps up against the word of God and falls flat on the ground because it's the shield. So taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish doesn't save it. It doesn't say that lots of things that we do extinguish the flaming arrows. Doesn't say that talking to your friends and all this kind of stuff extinguishes the arrows. What it does say is that faith. So at the end of the day, look at me. I'm I'm, 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 I'm on this and it'd be okay. You're in a moment, you're in a crisis moment, and the enemy is shooting at you. I can go to my wife and I can say, the enemy's shooting at me, and she may agree with me about how bad it is. Does that make sense? What you're not looking for somebody to agree with you about how bad it is. What you're looking for somebody is to, what she needs to say is, well, what did God say? Do y'all have, raise your hand if you have a friend that will put you in your place and say, what did God say? Okay, if you don't, then get to your friend who will go, who will go what did God say? Because the friend understands that the shield is the only thing that's going to save your life right now. Amen? Amen. What has God said? And like Jim told me, Jim told me after I preached this message, he came up and he was, he was talking about how in, in the Roman army they would have different types of shield, but one of the things they would do is they would have shields that would link together and that the body, the, the army, the, the, the uh, what did you call it, the, the little group of soldiers would link their shields together and they could build an impenetrable wall when they put their faith together. So be very careful about who you talk to your stuff about because either they're going to join what hell is actually saying against you and tell you how bad it is with you. And we can all sit around and go, woe is me. Or you can build a wall of faith with people who will agree with you about what God has said and y'all can stand behind that thing. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Although you are actually shouting pretty good this morning. Good job. Word of encouragement. Y'all shouted real good right then. Okay, verse 17. I promise we're getting there. Take the helmet of salvation. I talked about this. Take the helmet of salvation. The helmet oftentimes, uh, I mean, again, if, I, if I, I'm not going to put on a bucket on my head, I'm going to put a bucket on uh, Chad's head. Okay, come here, Chad. Thank you. Instead of me looking like a dork, it's better if you look like a dork. All right. Imagine this is a helmet of salvation, okay? Imagine this is actually a helmet, like made out of metal or something. It would be heavy, be big, heavy, clunky. We put this helmet on Chad, okay? And even if this thing is big, heavy, and clunky, Chad, do you still want me to whack you with this as hard as I can? 
Like that, that you take off your head? No. So the point is, is not so much that the helmet is a defensive measure. You really just don't want to get hit in the head, period. Because even if you have this big, heavy shield, uh, uh, helmet on, it's probably still going to, you know, maybe break your neck or at least wish you was dead, right? You're probably going to fall to the ground saying, just stop hitting me in the head, right? There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, room. That's why you kind of need to get behind faith, amen? Really what the shield, what the helmet was, was a identifier, that when they went to the battle, you could tell who the Roman soldiers were and who the other soldiers were based upon the headgear they wore. And the world can tell who you are based upon how you think. You either think like them or you think like whenever you go into a situation, salvation goes into the situation. When you walk into what, 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 whatever realm or battle, you're bringing salvation as your thought into that realm. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you? So to think like God is with you and he has employed you to fight on his behalf to take his salvation into the world... That's the soldier we're looking for. Amen? Thank you, Chad. You did a good job looking like a basket on your head. Okay. And then finally, take up. Take up the shield. Take up the helmet. And and finally, take up the sword of the Spirit. Everybody say Spirit. Spirit. Which is the Word. Everybody say word. Word. It is imperative that you understand you cannot and should not ever separate the word from the spirit and the spirit from the word. The scriptures can be used without spirit. Right? The scriptures can be used without spirit and in the wrong spirit. I don't know, Chester, the word of God is the word of God. Then tell that to Satan who's using the word of God against Jesus on multiple occasions. Just because someone knows the Bible doesn't mean they have the right spirit in the scripture. That's called religion. And religion has done a lot to damage the, to damage the world, amen? Because what religion is word without spirit. Flip that coin, baby doll. Spirit not grounded in the word is equally as damaging. People who do things in the name of the spirit who have, there's no biblical precedent. They just do things just floating out there and there's no foundation of the word of God has done a lot to damage the body of Christ as well. You must have the double-edged sword, the spirit and the word together them things will do wreak havoc on the enemy. Together, they will fight and they will take down the enemies of our God. So what we must have, what we must have is Holy Ghost with the Holy Word. And I'm not willing to have one without the other, period. You can shandala-la-la-la-la-la all day long, but if you don't have the Word... I don't trust your Shandala. And you can quote a thousand scriptures, but if you don't have this, the Holy Spirit breathing on those things, I don't trust your delivery of the scriptures. The word of God has been used to manipulate a lot of people. And so has, so has uh, quote-unquote spiritual fanaticism been used to manipulate a lot of people. I'm telling mm, you, want to, uh, hmm. An increase of evil is also an increase of the misappropriation of God's gifts on the earth. That literally, there would be things that could deceive the very elect because we recognize them as spiritual gifts, but we don't recognize the spirit by which those gifts are operating. I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. If we don't have discernment and if we don't have a sure foundation, even the, the people of God can be, can be deceived into believing a counterfeit spirit. There was a young girl following Paul around prophesying. Yes, yes. And, and Paul had to turn around and say, you need to shut your mouth. And by the way, uh, cast the demon out of her uh-huh. and then got thrown in jail because he disrupted the business. 
So just because something seems spiritual, it is spiritual. You just got to know what spirit it's of. And there's people prophesying every day who are prophesying from a, from a source that's not the Holy Ghost. So we have to have the Spirit and the Word married together in perfect unison. Amen? So take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the double-edged sword. Now, let me teach you how to use your sword. Because here at the armory, we don't just equip you with the sword. We teach you how to use your sword, right? It's, it does no good if I give you a, a weapon but don't train you in the weapon. The number one thing you need to understand about this weapon is it works from your mouth. I'm going to run through a list of scriptures. The oldest book in the Bible is Job, right? The oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. I'm going to, from, the, from the oldest book of the Bible until the book of Revelation, there is a constant theme throughout the scriptures about how the sword is from the mouth. Good and bad. Does that make sense? But the, the, the correlation is the, the word of God, spirit-breathed, out of your mouth is what destroys the enemy. You can read it all day long. You can think it all day long. Are you out there? But until you speak it into the battle, it's in effect. You have to know how to say, speak, declare, pray, prophesy. You have to know how to speak the word of God into whatever battle you're facing. A lot of people, look at me, look at me. A lot of people don't want to, they, they want to think thoughts, but they don't want to say them out loud because when you say it out loud, it puts your feet to the fire about what you just said. So you can think, man, I think God, there's a difference between, there's a difference between these two things. I really think and hope that God's going to come through on this thing. I really, I really, I really think he's going to do that. That's what you can think in your mind. There's a difference in saying, declaring God is going to show up. God is going to fill in the blank. What do you need? God is going to. It's one thing to think. It's another thing to say it. Declare it. Speak it out as if it's the truth because it is. So there's a lot of correlation in the scripture. I didn't give him these scriptures. I gave him one of them. Job 5 says, he saves from the sword of their mouth. Psalm 59 says, Behold, they gush forth with their mouths. Swords are in their lips, they say. Psalm 149 says, The high priest of God shall be in their mouth and a double-edged sword. Y'all following what I'm saying? There's the scriptural precedent all the way from the old writings to the new writings. Isaiah 1 says this, If you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 49 says, He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. If we speak what God is not saying, you ever, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this not too long ago. You know that guy at Walmart? You're walking through Walmart and you run into somebody at Walmart and you're kind of like, oh, I hope they don't see me. Right? Why? Because you know if they see you and they want to talk to you and you begin talking to them, you're going to walk away feel like you've been vomited on I mean, I'm talking about raise your hand in the house of God. Don't lie. You're gonna, you're, you're, and they're just gonna puke everything wrong onto your, onto you, and you're like, I'm gonna go home and take a chemical shower, right? But there's other people. There's other people that you that you know that if you're around that person, at some point they're gonna speak what God has said, and that thing cuts right to the issue of what's going on in your heart. How many know what I'm talking about? 
because the sword, the sword is like a, uh, the, he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me, and he has also made me a sharpened arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver. Revelation chapter 116, in this right hand, he said to the seven stars, he held the seven stars, and out of his mouth came a double-edged sword. Revelation chapter 2, therefore repent or else I come I'm coming to you quickly and will wage war against them with the sword of my mouth. Revelation 19:15, from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which he will strike down the nations. Okay, so you know if I give you a if I give you a weapon, the first thing we're gonna we're, <laughs> this is so dumb. If I give you a, the first thing I'm gonna do is learn how to hold it, right? The sword comes out of your mouth. Uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the if you have the word of God and the spirit of God right here, hidden behind the righteousness of Christ, protected by the righteousness of Christ inside of your chest, when you speak, it ought to be the sword of God coming out. So my question is, if you're speaking something that isn't the word of God, what's in your heart? What do you really believe? What do you really believe? So the, the deal is, is that we, there's a certain boldness by the Holy Spirit that needs to come upon our church and our people. And that boldness is to speak the word of God by the Holy Ghost into every situation we come into. If you're timid or afraid or intimidated to say what God has said, that's, then that's not the Holy Spirit. Are y'all out there? That's not the Holy Spirit. If you're afraid to speak into a situation what God has said, then, then you're literally playing into the enemy's plan. You have to be full of the Holy Spirit, fully equipped, truth, that what you know, what's coming out of your mouth is true. Gospel of peace, that what you know is coming out of my mouth is meant to make peace and not just to cut somebody down. Yeah. Uh, the, the shield of faith, it's a word of faith. Uh, the, the, it's righteous. It's covered in righteousness. I'm not speaking uh, from a place of offense. I'm not speaking from a place of unforgiveness. I'm not speaking from a place of, of hurt or bitterness or pain, but I'm speaking by the Spirit and the Word, the Word of God in whatever situation. My mind is covered in the, in the plan of God to provide salvation in this, in, this, in this issue, this problem right now. It's, it's amazing to me that the one weapon, what does James teach about the tongue? Right? It's, uh, it's almost impossible to tame. Right? And it, and it can get you into a whole lot of trouble. There's times... I wish you had one of them airplane black boxes inside of your inside of your being, <laughs> yes. right? A little, recorder. a little recorder, and everywhere you go, it's it's, it's it's listening to you talk, and it's recording everything you say. And then when you start losing the battle, I wish there was a moment to push pause on your life, take the black box, and pull it out, and just listen to yourself talk. Am I getting too real in here this morning? And then we wonder why we're being knocked down. But if you listen to the very confession and word of our mouth, oh me, oh my. The black box is saying, brother, sister, you're not speaking the word of God bathed in the Holy Ghost. You're speaking whatever arrow just penetrated your heart. Whatever Satan's arrow just penetrated your heart, you're speaking from that pain and you're not inflicting any authority over the enemy because you're not saying what heaven has said. It's not, again, look at me, it's not the fact that you say it, it's the fact that you say it mixed with faith, faith and the spirit that it has power and authority. Does that make sense? 
This is why you got to have the Holy Ghost. You can just say the Word of God, but until you mix the Word of God with faith and with the Spirit, it, it, that's when it becomes activated to actually do some work. Does that make sense? So, we're going to finish this passage of Scripture out because Paul says this whole litany, right? Stand firm, stand strong in the strength of the Lord Almighty. Put on the full armor of God. You've got armored up and you've taken up your sword and you're ready to speak the word of God. Very next verse. Verse 17 says this. Verse 17, you can leave that there. Verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Very next verse. With every prayer. Everybody pay attention to me right now. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I am afraid, I am concerned that we have forgotten that the place of prayer is the battleground. I was, I was, last night I was on, uh, I was looking at Facebook and Leonard Ravenhill had a quote on there. The quote was, many people believe, to this effect, many people believe that prayer is preparation for the battleground and what you don't understand is prayer is the battleground. In the place of prayer, with truth, with righteousness, with the gospel of peace, salvation, shield of faith, and the word of God, what you say in prayer, by faith, full of the Spirit, is way more powerful. You have forgotten, I say to you, you have forgotten how powerful the place of prayer is. Too many of us believe we pray and nothing happens and it's a lie. Maybe we pray amiss or maybe we don't understand, we've forgotten that the place of prayer is the only place real change ever happens. And we speak in the fleshly realm a lot and speak very little in the place of prayer. Declaring the word of God Speaking in what he has said, fighting our battles, a spiritual battle in prayer, who would have thought? You don't know, you cannot, you could not imagine how often the answer to this question is what it is. Someone comes to me with a problem, and I say, What, when you pray about it, what, what, what goes on? And almost always, because they're wounded, because they didn't cover their heart with righteousness and they're offended or almost always they're, they're saying what, what hell is saying. They're not saying what, almost always they will say, well, I really haven't prayed about it. You know why you haven't prayed about it? Or you know, you know why you're losing the war? Because you're not doing war in the spiritual realm in prayer. You're doing war with a fleshly entity and looking for, you're looking for spiritual results. And you got an enemy in your life. You got somebody who's really attacking you. See, right there, right there, you thought of the person, didn't you? You got an enemy in your life, got somebody attacking you. Right there, you thought of a person. No, 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 no. Go pray. You know what an amazing church would look like? A church who had the wisdom to go and pray before they come out and sprayed their mouth. To go in a place of prayer and pray and pray and pray until heaven answers. He says, get all battled up. Put on all your armor. Grab your weapon. With all prayer and petition, pray. That's like a trifecta of prayer. Prayer, petition, pray. Right? With all prayer and petition, pray. At all times in the yep. now here's another thing that I've noticed that I've learned lately because I, I, I spend a lot of time in prayer but some but sometimes oh mercy sometimes prayer becomes uh, a place where all we do is rehash everything that's wrong 
How many know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. Raise your hand. You get quiet. You get before the Lord. And the next thing you know, 30 minutes have gone by, and you've just only concentrated on everything wrong or what's going on. And the only thing you prayed about is what's wrong and what's going on. That wasn't prayer. That's not the place of prayer. The place of prayer is a place where you get in the spirit. Raise your hand if you've spent time in prayer but never got to the spirit. Come on. Both hands up. What makes it the place of prayer is that you engage into the spirit of God. Your spirit engaged with his spirit. That's when the magic happens. Just because you set aside an allotment of time and said, our Father who art in heaven doesn't make it prayer. Prayer is real when the Spirit grabs a hold of it. And then you'll notice always that when I go to the place of prayer and I get in the Spirit, I, my prayer changes from oh me, oh my to my God is enough. To my God has said. To my God will do. To my God has strengthened me in this place of prayer. Does that make sense what I'm saying to you? When you get in the spirit, prayer changes. It, it, it doesn't become a religious activity. It becomes life. Yeah. And it's also the place where I can gain victory. I walk out of prayer different than I walked into prayer. Yeah. And I didn't fight a person at all. Y'all would be shocked to know that from time to time in 22 years and a half of marriage, Missy has been mean to me. You know the worst thing for a marital fight? Prayer. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about setting aside time to pray. I'm talking about getting in a place where this, where you meet God and by the Spirit in prayer. Because I have, we have been at each other's throats before, and I go pray, and all of a sudden it starts off like this. That woman's got a devil. <laughs> that woman is full of the very guile inside Satan's stomach. I just made that up. That's pretty good, isn't it? I'm going to use that again. That woman is full of hell. And I can complain to God and call it prayer. I'm preaching good now, ain't I? I can complain to God and call it prayer about her. But if I let myself get into the spirit, uh-oh. All of a sudden, that sword, which, by the way, Hebrews says it's able to divide between soul and sunder, between joint and marrow, that sword actually turns on me, starts cutting on me. You out there? And I'm, I'm not praying about her. I'm praying about me. And I walk out of that place of prayer, not aggravate her, but walk out actually wanting to reconcile with my wife. Because that's the power of the battleground of prayer. No man has ever changed outside of prayer. No situation's ever changed outside of prayer. It's where the war is fought. Prayer, and there's one more thing. Matter of fact, I've avoided prayer because I wanted to give myself a reason to be aggravated with her for as long as possible. Now, don't you go judging me. You prayed about this? I ain't prayed about it. You know why you haven't prayed about it? Not because you didn't think of it. Because you wanted the excuse to harbor bitterness, anger, whatever is inside of you. Because you know if you get in the spirit, honey, you know you get down there with God, doing business with God, you know he will change you. So, with all prayer, petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Mm. Cannot overemphasize enough in the spirit. 
And with this in view, pray in the Spirit at all times, never ceasing. And think about this. Put this in your mind. Be on alert. You've got to understand hell wants to destroy your life. Hell wants to destroy your situation. Whatever it is God has talked to you about, he's out to attack that very thing. He wants to destroy it. You've got to be watching. Why are we so often surprised that hell is attacking us? Do you have a promise from God? Guess what? You signed up to be attacked. Well, I don't want to, pro- you know, you don't know. If, if, you, if hell never attacks you, you're probably not doing much for the kingdom of God. Be on alert. Oh my goodness, I'm not going to touch the TV. Y'all don't freak out. But if I could highlight, circle this one word for us right now as a church, listen, with all perseverance. Pray and pray and pray and persevere and fight and fight in that place of prayer and fight and don't back down and don't back down and I've got nothing left to strengthen yourself with God but don't you back down, don't you give up, don't you quit on God. Don't you quit on God. Don't you quit on His Word. Don't you quit on His promise. Don't you give up. With all perseverance in the place of prayer and by the Holy Ghost, stand your ground. I'm not looking at a room full of quitters this morning. If you've proven one thing, you've proven you're a people who know how to endure, who know how to walk through hell and get to the other side. So don't you start something you've never been famous for right now. You don't quit. You don't give up. You hold fast to the word of God until your knuckles bleed it be, but you don't ever quit. You're not quitters. You are the children of God and you have a promise from heaven and you will see it come to pass if you will persevere. I'm telling every dream, every vision, every prophetic word spoken over your life, spoken over this church. I'm here to tell you right now, if you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. Your children coming back to the Lord. Everything you thought the enemy has stolen from you is gonna be it's gonna happen in Jesus' name before he comes again. Because you're not a quitter, because you know how to fight, because you're armored up, and because you don't give up. You know how to persevere. With all prayer and petition. This is where the battle is fought and this is where the battle is won. Speaking the word of God by the spirit. Believing that place of prayer has more authority than a face-to-face meeting with whatever individual you want to identify with your problem. Verse 19. Petition for all the saints. In that place of prayer, you're praying for the body of Christ. Making petition for all the saints. Listen, the second thing he says, pray on my behalf that utterance may be given that I would be able to say, right? Paul is asking for his church to pray for him that he would be able to take his sword and speak. that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my, say it with me. Man, your mouth is important. When we open our mouth, full of peace, full of faith, full of truth, full of righteousness, full of salvation, full of the word, full of the spirit. When we open our mouth, Pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness. A people of God who will stand up and boldly proclaim what he has said. Not saying it as if we're hoping that it might happen, but saying it as if we're convinced that it will. This is what he says. Pray 
And while you pray, pray for the saints. Make petition for all the saints, including himself, that when, when the opportunities would be given. Because why? They've, they've got the helmet of salvation on. And the purpose of the battle is to bring salvation to every situation. Pray that when I go, I have the words of God in my mouth. To make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20. For which I am an ambassador. For which I am an ambassador in chains. He's speaking literally. Literally imprisoned. Literally under constant guard. That literal imprisonment from time to time puts him in front of really important people. Because they have this little, they got this guy named Paul who's in prison, but all the bigwigs like to have, listen to him talk. So they'll take this prisoner and bring him in before him. Right? And he's saying, whenever I get brought in before a governor or a king or a prince, I, I want you to pray that I have boldness to, to, to wield the sword of the spirit and the word of God and to fight a spiritual battle that that person would hear the gospel and that they would come to Jesus Christ. Ambassadors in chains, that in proclaiming the gospel, I may speak boldly as, and I want to end this sermon with this phrase. There's ways we talk, and there's ways we ought to speak. We ought to speak saying what God has said. Proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ more than just witnessing to something, but everywhere we go, our speech is a witness to the salvation of our God. Amen. You hear what I'm saying to you? For which I'm ambassador in change that in proclaiming it ought speak boldly as I ought to speak. I'm going to have church t shirts made, church at the armory t shirts made. They're going to say, as I ought to speak. And uh, we're going to have to wear them all the time. And then whenever you walk around and, and, and we, and we uh, in love, catch you saying what you not ought to speak, we'll just go. What you is saying isn't what you ought to be saying. Come on, raise your hand right now. If, if this convicts you, it convicts me. I, I have too often lent my mouth to what the enemy has said. And I have failed to understand the power of my confession. And I've really failed to understand the power of my confession in the place of prayer. I, I say this in all love. Prayer is not our excuse to go whine to God. There's times you do. I'm not saying it's never okay. There are times you just got to get some stuff off your chest. Amen. But ultimately, once you get into the spirit and the place of prayer, it changes what I say. Amen. Missy knows that if I text her out of the blue in the middle of the day, babe, I love you, she can count that there's a greater chance than not that I've just been praying for a while. Because when I pray, my heart changes. As it should. When my heart is right and I'm armored up and I'm saying what he's saying, this is true for you. When your heart is right and you're armored up and you're saying what he's saying, look at me. There is no weapon formed against you. Do you believe that? I have been astounded. I talked to somebody recently and I'm done. I've been astounded. I talked to somebody recently about the amazing way recently in which God is answering prayer in my life. Amen. I'm talking about pray something, and in the matter of hours, the answer is there. It's happening. I've, I, have, I have literally prayed in the matter of hours, the answer is there. I have prayed something. For other people, 
And, and in my mind, I, I remember driving down the road the other day, praying for somebody else. And in my mind thought, because I had a word. And the word was that God would perform this certain act in their life, and it would be a sign to them that, that God was, was, uh, had their future, okay? And it was a big deal. And, and, and I had a word. As soon as I, the first time they made their need known, that immediately I had a word. And the word was, it's going to come out this way, and it's going to come out this way because I'm going to use it as a sign to them. And I had to wrestle with I was going to believe that word or I was going to, man, I hope that this comes out the right way. No, 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 Chester, stop. You don't hope. You had a word. The word was, this is going to happen this way, and it's going to, and it's going to be this to them. That makes sense? You have to remind yourself of what the word has said, the scripture and what God has said to you. And you've got to stand on it, and you've got to believe it as it's the truth, even while you're being shot at with the arrows of the enemy. Amen? Here's what I want to ask you right now. I want you to think, what word or promise from God have I not declared over my life in a while? It could be over your life. It could be over this church. It could be over a a situation. What word or promise from God have you stopped declaring because you've grown weary and tired or maybe because you've lost hope and faith in it? God wants to rekindle promises. Look at me. God wants to rekindle promises and stuff that's been spoken over your life, and he wants you to believe that it actually come to pass. Not that you would hope it would. You would believe that it is the word of the Lord. I hear, I hear right now. Somebody in their mind, they're saying, well, I don't think God's spoken to me about this particular situation. <clears throat> Pray at all times in the Spirit. Because it is, I think, impossible to get into a place of prayer and not know what the will of God is and to stay, you stay in the place of prayer until you come out with knowing what the will of God is. Get in the Word, get in the place of prayer, and let God speak to you and then stand on that Word. <laughs> And don't back down. And when you've done everything you know to do, you stand on that word. We've told this story a thousand times. I'm going to tell it real fast. Missy's parents got divorced. Crushed her. Right? Cried herself to sleep every night for a few nights. About a week. And then I'd hold her hand and I'd fall asleep and, and she'd just be sobbing over there in bed. Finally, one night, I, I woke up, and there was no sobbing on the side of the bed. There was nobody on the side of the bed. And I thought, oh, no, she's in the living room having a breakdown, you know, crying. I got up, and I rounded the corner into the living room, and there she was, Bible open, pen and paper open, and she was praying. In that place of prayer, fighting this war, God gave her a word. She stood on the word. She stood on the word, never cried herself to sleep again from that point forward. Not that it was okay, but now she had something to stand on. A few months later, a few weeks later, a few months later, her dad called, and man, he, he was, Randy is the nicest guy, very sweet, very pleasant man. He was just a jerk to her on the phone. And she gets off the phone, and she said, and she at some point she says, "God, knock him off of his high horse." Praying, listen, praying for him that God would would lower his ego and knock him off his high horse. Pray, everybody say praying, praying. not calling her dad and going, "You need to get off your high horse." <laughs> Believing that what she said in prayer was probably more powerful than what she would say to him. Yeah. To he who has an ear, let him hear. 
you would not believe that a few months later, the man is riding a horse through a pasture, falls off the high horse, breaks his hip. The other person with him will not tend to his needs. He spends a few days in the hospital. The other person with him will not even come to see him. He, his eyes are open to the deception he's under, breaks it off, gets restored with God, and God restores his marriage because in a place of prayer, she's, she asked God to knock him off his high horse. Here's my point. Here's my point. Listen, here's my point. A- when her world was spinning out of control, she had to go to the place of prayer and get a word to stand on and get yes. armored up. Yes. Get armored up. And then in that place, that's where she fought her battle that, the rest of the time. And she prayed and she declared and she stood on that word and stood on that word. And who would have thought God answered her prayer? And you can take your, yeah, but I prayed and nothing happened. You can take that and you can say, is that the Holy Spirit or is that you talking? Or, or I should say, are you speaking as you ought right now? Perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. So right now, it's my prayer over you that you would remember what God has said. It's my prayer over you that you would remember what God has said. I have found myself, I say this, I have found myself struggling to remember some of the things God's spoken over my life lately. How many of y'all could say that? Raise your hand. How many of you say that? I pray that you would remember what God has said, that you would stand on what God has said, that you would stand that ground, that you wouldn't back down, that you would fight the fight in the place of prayer, and that you would see the promises of God come to fruition in your life. Amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet. I preached way too long today, but we had to finish up this sermon. I apologize. There's going to be a meeting for all of you people who are privileged to have teenagers in your life. In this room, you just go down this hallway to my left and go straight into that big double doors, and they're going to meet with us uh, real quickly. But I want you to lift your hands. I want to pray over you. When everybody in the room to lift your hands, I want to pray. I want to bless you. In the name of Jesus, may the armor of God not be a cool scripture, but may it be a lifestyle for you. May you be completely prepared for what hell throws at your life, and may you know how to overcome the evil one. To not be overcome with evil, Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That you would speak the words of God over your life. That you would stand on them and not back down. I pray that you would understand, be enlightened, have the revelation of the power of the place of prayer in your walk with God again. I pray that people who have lost their burden to pray would recapture the burden to pray in this room from this day forward. I pray that even... And, uh, and throughout your day and throughout your night that God would begin to remind you about what he has said and what he has spoken, the promise he has made for you and your family over your life, over your future, ministry callings and gifts that you have not stepped into, that you have put to the side because you believed God had changed his mind. I pray that those promises would be rekindled inside your spirit, inside your heart. I pray that the joy of those promises would be more evident than the burden of the battle. I pray that God would crown you with a helmet of salvation and wherever you walk, the Holy Spirit goes with you. And I pray that you would be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I declare oppression of weakness over our body is broken. That we are not weak, but we are strong in the Lord. 
that anything that resembles weakness is just an opportunity for God's strength in our life. So I pray in the name of Jesus that the body would be marked by the strength of the Lord and not the weakness of our flesh. You are strong in Christ. And you are powerful and you have authority. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We will see you Wednesday night. Bring a blanket and a Bible next week. Everybody say blanket and Bible.